This is Quotations, a podcast about words, written and spoken throughout history. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, we shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. No matter where you're from, your dreams are valid. The Pale Blue Dot, the only home we've ever known. Hello and welcome to Quotations. I'm Matthew Monroe. Before we get started, and to pay homage to the fact that I'll release this episode the day before Thanksgiving in the United States, and it may in fact be on Thanksgiving while you're either cooking or driving or walking off the big meal, that you're hearing my voice, I'd like to take a moment and say thank you, sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, for your first or your umpteenth time listening to my podcast. I've never made a dime off this podcast and don't see that changing anytime soon, but I do this for the love of the game, as serious athletes often say. I do it because I love and I'm thankful for words. I love other people's careful or not-so-careful crafting of those words and how they reverberate through time. And I'm thankful for you, listener, wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Thank you for inviting me into your life and pushing aside countless other things competing for your time. Thank you for giving my show a try or continuing to listen. Whether you're a first-time listener or a long-time listener, thank you. It's for you that I do this, and admittedly a little bit for myself too, and an extra helping of thanks on the plates of those who have ever once taken a moment to send a word of encouragement my way. Those little sparks keep me going. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, on to the show. Here's today's quote. Quote, No man is a hero to his valet. End quote. That's it. Just eight simple words. But oh, what a thought-provoking eight words that they are. This is one of the shortest quotes I think I've ever explored on this podcast, to be sure, perhaps even the shortest, but it's got an interesting backstory and also has a lot to teach us. This quote, like many others we've explored over the years, is hard to actually attribute to any one single person. My sources generally agree that this predated, in spoken word, any formal writing or attribution. That is not necessarily uncommon, though it doesn't come up a whole lot here on the podcast because rarely do we actually reach back more than a couple hundred years Perhaps maybe we should, but. And everything that we find in those couple centuries is usually decently well recorded, even if obscurely at times, requiring a little bit of investigation. So prior to that, and this quote seems to have come from somewhere around-ish the 17th century, writing and recording was not for most of the common men and women of the day. The printing press had been around for a couple centuries at this point, but most people didn't have a library of books as we would today, and even if they had, literacy rates were nowhere near where they are today. They certainly didn't have the internet or Amazon that can deliver something to your door in two days, or things like audiobooks, or things like e-readers that can have things delivered to you instantaneously almost. Thus, this short little proverb was likely spoken long before it was actually recorded. And the provenance of proverbs is, as you might imagine, almost impossible to determine. But this appears to be an old French proverb, literally stated as, Il n'y a pas de grand homme pour son valet de chambre. As with most proverbs, there were tiny differences in presentation, and the exact wording is likely different than how it may have been spoken in the 17th century. But those are some profound words, as I said. Proverbs tend to be, or I guess technically, they wouldn't last. And this quote comes to us from a pair of French well-to-do ladies. The first, one Charlotte Ace, penned a letter to a good friend in which she quotes another woman, Anne-Marie Bijot de Cournul, 
It is this attribution to Miss Cognul that is the oldest written record of these words, though, as I mentioned before, it's unlikely that they were her own unique phrase. That said, that's as much as we know about the quote for today. And I'd like to give a special shout out to This Day in Quotes, the website that I visit quite often, in fact, for doing a, a wonderful history on this quote. They did a lot of the work so that I didn't have to. So thank you, This Day in Quotes. And if we really want to mince words here, This Day in Quotes points out that there is no exact phrase, no man is a hero to his valet, in the letter that Ace wrote about Cornul. Therefore, I can't, in good conscience, attribute the words to either one of them, really. More likely, they are an old, unwritten proverb adapted across time and language to what we're talking about today. And that's okay. So what is there to learn from just these eight little words? Well, I'd argue there's quite a bit. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing an episode on it. First and foremost, we must recognize that this quote has surprisingly little, if anything, to do with valets. And that may sound shocking to you because it's one of the eight words in this proverb. But that's my take, and I think if you stay with me here for a moment, you might end up agreeing with me. The valet is relatively unimportant and could be replaced with any number of actual positions or titles. Why? Well, what the quote is saying overall, further distilled and reduced in length, no one is perfect. Yep, that's right. You came all this way to hear me say something you've heard and or said probably a thousand times in your life. You're welcome. But a kid, of course. But that's the essence of the quote itself. It's pithy and memorable because it doesn't say exactly that. It leads you to think about it. And isn't that where the magic in words comes in? Is when they're, they force us to not just read them and pass over them and move on to the next thing, but to go, wait a minute, there's more to that. The best books are like that. The best speeches are like that. Words that people write and speak, when they are at their best, cause us to do more than just see or hear them. They force us to think about them. So let's think about it. In common parlance today, and I'd argue 300 plus years ago, give or take, a hero is often seen as above reproach, right? Whether it be Captain America or Batman or Jesus or John Wayne or Rambo, doesn't matter. The hero archetype is often one of perfection. Or of very near perfection, I guess. After all, what's a hero without some dark past? right? The quote, of course, is not implying that the profession of valet seeks out heroes or attributes such characteristics and descriptions with reckless abandon. That's, that's not the point of the quote. No, it's rather the relationship in the quote that's the important part. Really, the proximity of a man, as the quote says, presumed here to be a rather well-to-do gentleman, to have a valet or, or a personal servant who cares for their effects. The valet in this context is not someone who parks your car at a crowded restaurant or hotel. But a valet, in this case, was constantly in close proximity to his employer. And this, of course, means that whether the man in question was a doctor or a lawyer or a politician or a businessman in presentation... During the day, he was, at the beginning and end of that day, just a man. And people have imperfections, and no matter how crafty or practiced they may be, they can't hide their true selves from everyone all the time. If you know anything about the White House staff or the Secret Service, you know that they're very tight-lipped about the people that they work with. But if you happen to know someone who's on that staff, maybe you have a drink or two with them, 
you might get them to tell you a little bit about the personalities of people. They take great pride in not divulging secrets, right? These people's care and protection and feeding and clothing, etc. is entrusted to them. And it is an unspoken rule of the profession not to go blab about this to the tabloids or the media or their friends in general. But they're human as well, and occasionally you'll hear stories. You can listen to interviews from Secret Service agents from all the presidencies prior to this one, and from a number of people who used to be on the staff at the White House, and they will tell you that the person that you see polished and made up, standing before a podium, addressing the American public and, and really the world, is not all they're cracked up to be. They're imperfect. They have human tendencies just like the rest of us. They like to walk around in their underwear at the end of a long day. They like to eat their food with their fingers instead of with a fork. It doesn't, doesn't much matter. They're human beings. That's the point. And so, as I said, the valet isn't the important part. It's the proximity to the person that is the important part. Thus, the valet, or the housekeeper, or the secret service agent, or whoever, sees the real man. Imperfections, improprieties, ignorances, and ignoble behaviors included. And this shatters the illusion of the hero-like perfection of the man in the eyes of his valet. Thus the proverb, no man is a hero to his valet. The 17th century French, it would seem, were onto something here. And this is, of course, naturally true today. Most of us don't have servants, certainly I don't, maybe you do. But we do have people that orbit us closely, and whom we orbit closely as well. Think of your significant other or spouse or child or parent. The more time we spend around people, the more we know of them. This is, of course, perfectly logical. There are a massive number of total strangers in the world about which we know absolutely nothing. A smaller group of acquaintances about which we know some. And so on to our most intimate inner circles about which we know a lot. But, importantly, we never know all. So what? You might be asking. This is a lot of explanation for eight simple words. And maybe you're right. But I'm glad that you asked. Because what I personally take from this quote is to remember my own fallibility. I am imperfect. Whether or not I think so, just ask the people with whom I'm closest. Eh, actually don't ask them, because it could be embarrassing. But accepting that premise that I am imperfect, I must be humble. No amount of hubris or self-important behavior will make me any less imperfect. And so too with you. If you think about the people that you are closest with, the people maybe that you're on your way to go visit for Thanksgiving or spend time with, maybe the person you're in the car with listening to me talk right now, knows you for your imperfections. Maybe you just got a sideways glance from them or an elbow in the ribs. Because they know who you really are. They know who you are when the mask comes off, when the day comes to an end and you kick off your shoes and take off the work clothes and settle into the couch or the chair or at the dinner table. They know you. And that you is imperfect. And that's okay. So that's what I take away from today. I am human. I am man. I am an imperfect human man. And I will serve myself well to remember that. And so should you about yourself. Because we are all imperfect. And are not heroes to those who know us best. And that is okay. Until next time, I'm Matthew Monroe. This is Quotations, and thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app, or visit me at quotationspod.com to download and listen. 
please also take a moment to recommend the podcast to a friend. That's a huge help. You can tweet at me at quotationspod. Send me an email to quotationspod at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at quotationspod. Or join the conversation on Facebook at quotationspod. I look forward to hearing from you. Welcome your feedback. And thanks, as always, for listening.